0: Boop. <laughs>
1: You're listening to Heart of Mind Radio for the New Millennium. I'm Katherine Davis, and we have a live guest joining us today, and that is Ken Rowell. Starting in 1997, before I go on, am I pronouncing your name correctly? Oh, yeah, yeah. You got it perfect. Thank you. Okay. You never know for sure. Starting in <laughs> 1997, Raul founded the Blank Fest Benefit Concert Series, which raises blankets for New York City's homeless with an annual show held in his native Nyack within the first two weeks of December. Serving as the concert's main organizer and MC each year, starting on Christmas Eve, he and other concert volunteers distribute the blankets raised at the concert directly to the city's less fortunate. In recent years, Satellite Blankfest concerts have been founded in Nottingham, England, UK, Toronto, Canada Racine, Wisconsin Northern New Jersey The state of Florida and Richmond, Virginia Sources estimate That in the 27 years Since the concert series Inception That over 20,000 Total donations have been Raised for the homeless Spread across these Multiple cities and countries Which is such an amazing thing for you have done, Ken. It's amazing. Ken Rowell is also the front man for the veteran indie rock band The Baghdadios. Born in Nyack, New York, he moved the band's base of operation to New York City in the early 2000s and continues to release albums with his group and as a solo artist. His first solo album, instant solo album, was released to critical acclaim in t- 2017. In addition to um, several music videos that were also released during the same time, the album was co-produced by Powell Young and Todd Tobias, guided by voices Bob Pollard, George Griggs, featuring more acoustic and musically scaled-down tunes as a marked contrast to early Baghdadio's releases, which featured more of an old-school punk aesthetic. Currently, 2023, Raul continues to produce Blankfest, which is December seventeenth, 2023, in Nyack, New York, and to work on several band and solo productions in addition to his video work, occasionally touring with Miss Sotomayor here and abroad. So that was quite an expansive uh, look at what you've been doing with yourself, Ken, but maybe you can tell us a little bit more, first, about how people can connect with the BlankFest, and then I want to go a a little deeper into your roots.
2: Sure. Um, Where do we start? Um, I, I guess if you want to know about Blankfest, we also have a website. It's blankfest dot org, um, If you know, and the, the concert series has been um, uh, trademarked and copyrighted with a dash between blank and fest, uh, but uh, we have the website without the dash in it, uh, not to confuse people.
1: Okay, that's good, so people can follow up on this. So, I am looking at your bio and your rock band Bagdadios. So, were you in the Iraq War?
2: Uh, oh, no, actually I wasn't, although uh, we do support the troops and uh, have a lot of family. Well, actually, I grew up with a family that was pretty heavily steeped in the military. So, um, that might be why we're able to... Uh, Keep a little bit of water amongst the ranks whenever we're dealing with either band matters or even with the benefit show or even getting the blankets out to the homeless uh, on Christmas Eve. Um, By nature, I'm not the most orderly person in the world, but for some reason, when our backs are against the wall, I seem to be able to pull it together. And I'd like to thank my uh, my Korean War veteran father for (laughs) bringing me up right. Let's put it that way.
1: Yeah, well, well, that, that matters. I think, um, my father was in the Air Force, and it makes a difference sometimes when you have someone in the military, and he was actually in the Vietnam War. So I have a little sensitivity towards, uh, veterans and what they suffer after coming back from the war. So this is why I did ask. So tell us a little bit more about your journey. This is a long time to have been working on this project and what some of the um, adventures of it may have been to give people a sense and, um, and understand that they can help you with this in your project, BlankFest.
2: Well, um, I guess growing up in New York, um, we were always, Conscious of the less fortunate because they were all around us. And there's that very, very odd dichotomy of being in arguably one of the richest cities in the world and yet seeing people with absolutely nothing uh, who are only a mere couple of feet away from you, barely existing, getting by. And uh, my dad would get all the newspapers delivered to our home when I was a kid. And uh, when I got done reading the sports section, you know, uh, inevitably I'd be like, In the um, uh, you know the main pages of the newspaper, and being an avid reader, I would catch just about every little little blurb like on page thirty six, and you'd find uh, a little story somewhere around the holidays where you'd see some poor human being freezing to death on the streets of arguably what is supposed to be one of the greatest cities in the world, and I was always struck by um, the day and night difference between those who have and those who don't and there was uh, three overriding uh fantasies of mine growing up that i wanted to fulfill when i got a little bit older one of them was to go to um, uh, the cancer ward of a children's hospital and play for the kids play music on christmas day and oddly enough i've never been able to fulfill that one another um uh, uh, another goal of mine was uh, a very, very close friend of mine from high school. His father had suffered a debilitating stroke when we, we, I was in high school, and I knew the family pretty well, and I always just wanted to sit up with him and uh, on Christmas Eve and watch, um, you know, uh, baseball videos and basically just hang out with him and, you know, give him a, a, a taste of the holidays. I was able to do that before he passed away, so that was one goal fulfilled. And then the, finally, the third goal was... I was always curious uh, how it would feel to go out there with some blankets and see if we could get them to some people who were literally laying out on the streets of New York. And uh, it took me a while to get up the nerve to do that because uh, it was a little bit outside my uh, comfort zone. But I actually uh, went with a friend on uh, Christmas Eve 1996. We collected some blankets from our friends. We went down uh, into Manhattan. And uh, it was only 18 blankets. But it took us all night to to find people and to get them uh, to them. But it was just such a head rush that we were determined to do it next year. And when we went to our friends, they said, well, we don't have any more spare uh, spare blankets uh, laying around. And that's when I hit upon the idea of, well, I'm a musician. I have friends who are musicians. Let's just throw everybody together in the same building. We'll play for free. And we'll just all we'll ask is for a donation of a blanket, any condition. We were able to get forty blankets the first year, and we were off and running.
1: Wow! And is that still the um, admission to your concert? A blanket?
2: Yeah. Um, early on, um, and this might—I might be a product of my generation here, but I was a little bit jaded with the collection of money because everybody always has their hand out looking for a piece thereof. And my feeling was, you could never take a percentage of a blanket. So, mm-hmm. in other words, hand me a blanket; you pretty much know it's going to the less fortunate. You know. Um, now, in the uh, COVID years, uh, we didn't want to suspend operations, but we did. Um, we did break down finally and accept dollar amounts, which I was able to convert into blankets by um, purchasing them uh, from a factory. Um, you know, we we uh, looked to find the best deal we could, and you know, if there was ever a discrepancy where we didn't have enough money uh, to uh, to get to the next highest level of blankets, because when you buy in bulk, um, you um, you get more for your 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 uh, your buck. Um, I basically put, would put money in of my own uh, to just uh, top it off so that we could get the maximum amount of blankets and we were able to get uh, about 500 blankets uh, the first year and a little bit more the second year with cash donations. Uh, we still accept cash donations, but we would just encourage people to go to the show and give us a blanket. I used to say, if we made dime one, we failed somewhere,
1: you know? Mm-hmm. Well, that, that, is, that is a an old-school um, thought process, I think, because it is true, so many times, you know, we see people asking for money for a cause and all of these associations and corporations built around collecting money. And it seems that the money goes into, you know, the sustaining of the organization rather than actually being able to help very many people or as many as we might hope. So that is very, very interesting. And so... Now that you are we're doing you're doing this on December seventeenth in NIAC, yes should people go to your website to get the details or do you want to give the details? Um we'll give it again at the end if people want to sure. get there, and not everybody will be able to get to NIAC. How else can right. they help
2: well there's there's three ways you can go about this well first first of all, I'll gladly give the details. I'll never stop talking about it. As a matter of fact, some people would say I talk too much. But uh, Uh that's okay. Uh, If they they suddenly let me know, I'll shush up and give them room to breathe. Uh, But, yeah, obviously you can go to the website. Uh, Also, um, you know, we do have a BlankFest page on on Facebook. Uh, We may have one on Instagram and Twitter. I'm not sure, believe it or not. Um, I'm not as Internet savvy as I'd like to be. Um, also, um, if you can't make it to the show and you still want to make a difference, the most important thing, uh, and I've stressed this in, in past interviews, that we don't just raise blankets for the homeless. We raise public awareness. I think there's an awful, uh, an awful lot of that um, what's-the-use type of feeling amongst the masses. um uh, almost like they feel like they're just shoveling against the tide. And, and, you know, uh, sometimes it, you feel like the, uh, the issues are just bigger than, uh, than us. And, and maybe the issues are bigger than us on an individual basis. But when we all dream together, uh, it becomes a reality. You mm-hmm. know, today is the anniversary, 43rd anniversary of John Lennon's, um, uh, passing. And, oh, wow. uh, yeah, 43 years. That's hard to believe. Mm-hmm. Um, I still can remember, I was quite young at the time, uh, but I do remember that. And um, I know he was married to Yoko Ono, and she once said in her, in her uh, book of poetry, Grapefruit, um, that uh, when we dream to get, uh, individually, it's just a dream. When we dream together, it is reality. And so I've ascribed to that maxim for most of my adult life. Um, you know, a handful of people in a room can really, really make a difference. And so let's say you're in an isolated area. Maybe you're listening to this uh, broadcast online and you're in, I'll just pick a name, a random name out of the air, uh, city name, Denver. You're in Denver, Colorado, and you hear about this wonderful benefit that's in a suburb of New York City and you say, I cannot make it out there for this. And he's discouraging me, sending him money. How do I make a difference? Very, very simple. There's homeless in Denver. There's homeless in Colorado. There's homeless everywhere. So how about you go and get them a blanket? Or if you want to get them a hot meal, you can do that. Or if you just want to talk to them, you know, offer a little bit of kindness. Because one of the byproducts of us handing out blankets to the homeless on Christmas Eve and uh, in subsequent days after that is that you, you, you notice that most people don't treat these people like they're people. Um, they there are objects to be avoided to walk around to ignore uh to avoid eye contact with and sometimes sometimes even if there's nothing you can give them um you know physically, there might be uh just the fact that you regard them as a human being it helps imbue a a feeling of self worth or she's they're not all alone in this um I know that's a drop in the bucket, but it's something
1: mm-hmm well, truth be told, if everyone took up this um, way of behaving, as you're saying, it wouldn't be a drop in the bucket, though, would it?
2: No, it wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, I, I remember hearing about erosion when I was in first grade in St. Anne's School in New York. And they said that, you know, one drop here, one drop there. Next thing you know, uh, over a period of time, it can make it. It, it can. Uh, hewn ca- uh, canyons, it can uh, help make valleys. It can it can change and alter a landscape or a seacoast. Uh, so, yeah, a drop here, a drop there, when we all collectively put those drops together, we can really, really um, make a difference.
1: That's excellent. And I would like to actually um, extend that request to everyone who's listening. To yeah. give away at least one blanket this season. And I think that, you know, you could take something out of your linen closet or you can stop in at one of the these um, places that share and sell used products, used clothing. You can find blankets there. And I think it's it's a wonderful campaign for people to be able to take this on. At least it's a start. And I agree with you in terms of speaking to people. I tend to carry change in single dollars because I like to give money to people who are in need. I think far often I hear people making judgments well we don't know what are they going to do with the money i mean how much can you do with 50 cents a dollar i'm not really worrying about what people are doing with the money because it is that social connection and i usually try to do it in a human way it's like when i give the money i will touch them literally you know put my hand in their hand i look Mm. them into the eye I will ask them how they're, where are, I will, I will tell them to take care of themselves. And then it becomes a very human exchange so that the money is really just energy, just like the conversation is energy, just like the look in someone's eye is energy. And it's something that can really make a difference because I can see and I can feel that sense of hopelessness that they have. And I've experienced – I mean, I haven't been homeless, gratefully, but I've been pretty broke in my life and not had the resources to buy a meal from time to time. And I know what it is to be in that desperate kind of space where there's just no way to turn, and if not for the kindness of another person um, – You know, that that human being that you're looking at who's in trouble could just sink so much lower because sometimes just that kindness is enough to lift their spirit so they can have another day without giving up.
2: We've seen uh, Internet stories that get passed around, and I don't know if it's urban myth or if it's, um, you know, if it was really true, but uh, there'll be that uh, apocryphal uh, tale of somebody who uh, struck, up, struck, struck up a conversation with a classmate while they were walking home, and uh, this person that uh, the other, per- the first person, struck up the conversation with, um, you know, they weren't that popular, they were kind of quiet, they kept to themselves, and then of course, you know, years later, the person is the valedictorian and the salutatorian of the class, and says to the assembled body at graduation that they were actually planning on killing themselves when they were walking home and if it hadn't been for the kindness this new kid uh, had uh, exhibited toward him that that he most likely would have taken his life and and he was able to with one person connecting the friendship was able to turn it around now that could be just something that's made up or it could be true but i you know even if it is like something that became urban myth uh, it's still uh, emblematic of the way one person can touch one or more people's lives and and turn an entire situation around. It does make a difference. I know it does.
1: Yeah, I I I agree with you. It totally makes a difference. And I think that's the level that most people can manage. They can handle that, you know, one-on-one, making that uh, gift to a person in need in some way. A blanket is a good start, especially as we're approaching really much colder weather. I mean, mm-hmm. people might need a mat, you know, one of those mats you take to your yoga class might be able to provide, um, some, something for them to lay on, uh, so that mm-hmm. they're not on the ground. And even though we would, we would want to find homes for everyone, every human being, and there's all kinds of politics and, and issues that have mm-hmm. to be tackled, not everybody has the wherewithal to tackle that. And, Especially when the government itself doesn't seem to give much care to what's, what human beings need in this country. And we have a, a, a sort of an ethic that is so based on commercialism and economics and, um, kind of a narcissistic way of understanding the world that it's all about me. It's all about me making my money and getting my property and taking care of my family that we don't realize that we're, um, you're, you may be doing fine, but we're in a sinking ship and we do have to, um, pay attention as much as we can, each in their own way. So I'm really encouraged by what you've been doing and the level of commitment is pretty, pretty, uh, staggering to keep doing it all of these years. I want to play some of your music. Go ahead, yeah.
2: Oh, well, as far as the commitment is concerned, um, you know, I I was kind of naive when I was in my 20s and thought, oh, I'll do this for a year or two, and then, you know, I'll take a step back. But once you're in it, it's like, well, how do you stop? Because the the situation is still there. And to me, I just in all consciousness. I couldn't, like, say, okay, I've had enough. Yeah, well, they have it. You know, so it's like, yeah, you really do have to come back year after year after year. And so as long as I'm physically able to, I guess I'm just going to keep doing this. Mm -hmm. You know, Uh, I would love to be able to say one day, you know what? We don't have to have a blank fest this year. It's no more homelessness, you know. But unfortunately, the way things are, um, I guess we're always going to have to be there because, well, let's let yeah. I mean, you you, uh, crystallized it when you said that, you know. Government isn't going to really take care of it. There's a lot of politics involved. And listen, you might not know by hearing me uh, speak here, but I'm an old school punk rocker from way back. So I've got a little bit of a jaded take on things. And I used to say almost bitterly, uh, you know, if the government could make money off the homeless, there'd be no homeless. You know, unfortunately, they're not. It's, it's, It's an issue that everybody wants to hacky sack from one foot to the other and nobody wants to take care of. It's a shame, but that's why we're in it.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think people don't often, the other part of it is that people don't realize how close everyone is li- living to homelessness. It doesn't take much for a person to lose their residence, lose your job, can't pay rent, you're you're done. And so I think that if we can build this compassion, and that's really what I'm hearing and experiencing from your mission here is that it's to encourage people. I mean, you're one human being, and yet you've been able to help over all these years, ca- countless numbers of people, who knows how many people you've helped and inspired to to receive help. And if one person can do that, if we can all con- contribute to that, then we can make the world just a step better than it was the day before by being able to offer that compassion and I think once we do that on that taking that personal responsibility we can look out into the body politic into the world politics and begin to think about well with all this chaos with all this warring and all this going on can we stop for a moment and think about the human beings that are being impacted by all this so to me that's what the direction that humanity definitely needs to go, whatever the politic may be understand, we're dealing with sacred beings on all counts. absolutely. I want to play your music. Christmas ain't for lonely people. um there are no bad words in this, right?
2: Not that I know of. okay <laughs> <laughs> I might be well actually it's it's funny because when we we originally wrote that song and and um recorded it. Uh, you know, again, it, you know, with the whole punk rock aesthetic, everything was, you know, three chords and punt, basically, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just fast and furious and loud, distorted. This song was more of a throwback to like a 50s kind of um, shuffle. And uh, I, I don't even know. I, I was about seven or eight years old when I came up with the tune in my head. And then I was writing lyrics in the corner of my political science notebook when I was 18 years old. And so I had the chorus and the uh framework for the song fleshed out, but it wasn't until the early 2000s uh, when I was living in a a real small, lonely Spanish Harlem loft on uh, East 117th Street, I actually finished the song off and I ran it by the guys in the band thinking that, oh boy, they're not going to really dig this, and they were like, oh no, we love it, let's play it, and then right after that, somebody actually came to a Blindfest show, and he had a recording studio, a gentleman named Kevin Lacey from Nanuet. Uh, New York. It's it's all up in Rockland County. That's where we all grew up. And he was so overcome, I, g- I guess, by the emotion of the event. He said, whatever you want, man, you're helping other people, whatever you want. I said, how about help me record this song for free? And he said, absolutely. And he got me in there, and I, we recorded this song and a couple of others. And, uh, you know, we just recently did a music video for it. And it's just, it's a labor of love like anything else, you know? Mm,
1: mm. You know, it's really... Interesting. It's so much fun talking to someone who's also old school. I mean, you know, I was born in in mid-50s, so I'm totally old school. But it's okay. like you gave life to this something that you started with as a child and you kept breathing life into it until it came to fruition to me that's very inspiring as well. So I'm, I'm going to
2: those- never let anything go.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, there is that.
1: (laughs) Let me uh, play this song for us.
0: You betcha. Christmas ain't for lonely people Christmas ain't for lonely people Christmas ain't for lonely people You should know that by now Merry Christmas, I'm alone Not another friend to stone Lights are blinking, it's okay. For me it's just another day. Happy people on my TV set Distracts me so much that I almost forget. Now that Christmas ain't for lonely people. Christmas ain't for lonely people. Christmas ain't for lonely people. You should know that by now. My girlfriend's gone to her sister's place And now her bed is just an empty space Three days double on my chin Let the holidays begin CD skipping, messed up jingle bells Send emails to my friends saying I wish you well Christmas ain't for lonely people Christmas ain't for lonely people Christmas ain't for lonely people You should know that by now See a crazy man talking to himself on the bus But I'm staring past him All I think about is just I keep trying to call you But your cell phone's always off This old so in the darkness Of my lonely Spanish Harlem law I miss my dad and I miss my mom they retired now and living in Florida yeah, my sister and her kids are living in the perbs But the bosses aren't running so I'm stranded at the curb The girl on the weather network with a smile Pass me forget it for a little while Now that Christmas ain't for lonely people Christmas ain't for lonely people Christmas ain't for lonely people You should know that by now Yes.
1: Wow, that is so sweet. And the the video is actually quite cute with little moving toys, um, yeah. dancing and playing instruments along with you. Um, that's a lovely song. And, you know, it's interesting because I never really, you know, laid their teens into my adulthood into now. Christmas has never really been a holiday that I enjoyed. But this actually makes it feel... A lot more fun in the sense that it becomes more of what Christmas really is, the spirit of Christmas really is, just opening your heart to people, making gifts of your time, of your attention, of the blankets to those people who are in need. But if we think in terms of instead of spending a lot of money, buying a lot of stuff that no one is going to use, making heartfelt gifting for the season...
2: Yeah, I, um, I mean, as the ranks get smaller and smaller, like, for instance, my father's no longer with us, and neither are, are any of my aunts, I have one aunt left. Um, I actually had, let's see, my mom is the youngest of five. My dad was number seven of eight, so you can imagine I had dozens of aunts, uncles, and cousins. And um, as the ranks get smaller, there's less people be with at Christmas, and that in its own self can get to be uh, numbing, you know, depressing. But I I find a certain solace in being able to go out and try and make somebody else feel better, you Mm -hmm. know, try to make uh, somebody else uh, forget their misery. And in helping them forget their misery, I forget, you know, how sad the holidays can be. Uh, and that's probably uh, where Christmas aim for lonely people came from to begin with. You know, I might have only been 18 years old, but I was always, uh, uh, I guess, a little bit isolated from the general population. Um, you know, I was. I it's, it's it's funny. I always considered myself an extrovert, but you're an extrovert that's playing a part, and that part is somebody who's well adjusted, happy, and part of mainstream society. And uh, when truth of the matter is, you know, I guess I was just. Uh, terrified of of having people, it's like that scene in The Nutty Professor when Buddy Love turns back into uh, Professor Kelp, you know, with all of his uh, nerdiness and flaws. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's you know all all those little insecurities come bubbling to the surface, and that's where Christmas Ain't for Lonely People came from, actually. You know.
1: Yeah, that sounds that sounds amazing, and it and it is so true that. The season like this can amplify for people, you know, the disconnect, the loneliness that they may already be feeling in life. And seeing all of this holly holly, um, and cheer could deepen some people's struggles and depression or Ooh. loneliness. So it's nice to understand that you can reach out to each other in ways that don't have to be commercial or um, conventional in the way of gift-giving. And, you know, give cards, give greetings, give mm-hmm. heartfelt notes. Check in on somebody that you haven't checked in for a while mm-hmm. and see if sure. there's something that, that you can do that is in the spirit of blank fest where Mm -hmm. um we are talking about a special concert which Mm -hmm. the entry is a blanket a blanket that will be distributed to the homeless you can go to blankfest.org the event Mm -hmm. is uh december 17th in nyack and what time is it an evening thing or is it a daytime thing
2: well, we start rolling at noontime. Believe it or not, we start rolling at noon, mm-hmm. and we just keep on going until we run out of gas. And it's scheduled till midnight. But nowadays, and I don't know if this is a reflection of us getting older or not, but there's a lot of the groups that were doing blankfest in the past. Um, people used to fight over the eight and nine o'clock time slots. Now people fight over the, the dinner time time slots 5, 30, 6 o'clock. Mm-hmm. That seems to be where most people want to be situated. And so by 9, 10 o'clock at night, it's, I usually leave that. We're usually the last act to go on, you know. And that's because we just figured, you know, if if you're a band or a singer or a poet and you are giving of your talent to help the less fortunate, that at the very least, you should be able to, to do your thing in front of a crowd.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And so uh, we, we'll gladly play for the cleaning crew, you know, <laughs> if, you know um and and actually more times than not people do stick around till the very very end Mm -hmm. and honestly if uh if there's people in the club we'll just keep throwing people up on stage and you know sometimes we have a free-for-all i remember one year we had an all-star jam until about four o'clock in the morning
1: wow so there's there's no there's no telling how it will turn out so for people who really want to enjoy that, they should um, get there. It's not so far that, you know, people in neighboring counties can't get there. The 17th is a Sunday, so for people who want to take the train, you can do that and um, enjoy some part of this really great event called BlankFest. Go to BlankFest.org, you know, bundle up your extra blankets and head on out. That's the entry there, and that's pretty Pretty cool. Do you need assistance actually handing out the blankets?
2: Funny you mention that. Um, the, the big challenge is every year I have to rent a vehicle, uh, and again that comes out of my own pocket. That you know that way I want people to know whatever you donate is going to the homeless. You know it's it's not I'm saying oh you're, we're going to take care of my expenses. That that's my donation. I don't give a blanket to the homeless, but I wipe my credit card and I put gas in a, in a vehicle to drive around. Um, but the big challenge nowadays is we've gotten so many donations that you know even if I rent, unless I rent a huge U-Haul truck, I'm going to have to make multiple trips. Unless I can get some people to volunteer, uh, showing up with their vehicle. We put the blankets in their car. They drive it down to New York City because there's a uh, uh, a bar and/or restaurant that we all gather at uh there's a new york city promoter his name is frank wood i've worked with him for over 20 years you know to arrange other shows non-holiday shows and uh he has taken front and center the responsibility of getting all the volunteers to gather at one central location and then we'll all fan out and just do different parts of the city Hmm. okay so the big challenge, big challenge is getting the blankets from Uh, from Rockland County, New York, down to New York City.
0: Mm -hmm. So if
2: anybody wants to volunteer for that, feel free. I'll even leave my email address, and you can just write to me uh, directly.
1: Okay, so do that. What is your email?
2: Okay, it's surf, as in Surfing USA. Surf, S-U-R-F, Vietnam, V-I-E-T-N-A-M, surfvietnam, at hotmail.com. Okay, so if people can
1: participate or maybe there's some business in New York City that can be a drop off point for people to give blankets as well there's a lot of ways that people can participate I think and maybe someone with that has wheels can help you with the distribution as well and that's really Mm -hmm. an important consideration and what will the concert be like who do you expect to be there
2: oh well let's see let's start right at the top with um our good friend Bobby Steele. Now, he was with a band in the um, in the early days of the punk rock era called The Misfits. Uh, Misfits are, are legendary. Or they're, if they're not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, they should be. And uh, Bobby left them many, many years ago, and he ended up starting his own group called The Undead. And uh, he and his wife, Diana, have been a, a staple at our concert now for the last several years. The first time he appeared at uh, BlankFest, we were actually broadcasting it live. It was a rare event. We had a friend back then who worked for iHeartRadio, and when Bobby Steele took the stage, we got so many hits online that the entire station crashed. So, mm-hmm. you know, Bob, Bobby's instrumental in driving a lot of people into the club to to, uh, to bring blankets. We also have Patty Rothberg, and I met Patty many, many years ago when um, we were both playing at CBG Week. He was with an all-girl punk band called Thrust, and uh, we just struck struck up a conversation, and I just, uh, we clicked immediately. Uh, And then it was right after that meeting that she got signed um, by EMI Capitol Records. Oddly enough, that was a record label that I would later work at in the royalties department, Mm -hmm. but at the time she'd gotten signed to them. Uh, she appeared on The Tonight Show when her, her debut album came out. She's been on, on The Letterman Show uh, when he was doing his thing on CBS. Um, and she's uh, she guest VJ'd at, um, on MTV. She toured with the Black Crows in Japan. She's um, she's, she's a mover and a shaker in the, in the industry. And we had her on board since fest 2. We would have loved to have had her for our inaugural show, but she was actually touring Japan at the time and couldn't. Uh, We have Joe Durso. Joe Durso is one of those guys whose uh, incredible talent sneaks up on you because he is such a a humble guy. Um, He actually is from Rockland County. He went to high school with my sister, uh, Jen. And uh, I've known him since I was a kid, and he's always been this really, really uh, uh, charismatic singer-songwriter. And he ended up uh, taking his show on the road, over the years, now he does the Light of Day tour. As a matter of fact, he's in Belgium, I think, tonight. He'll be flying back just in time to get up on the stage and do his thing for But so I can't say enough good things about uh, Joe Durso. Uh, also, there's a group called the Horse You Rode In On. In the late 80s, they were like the preeminent band in the, in the Hudson Valley. They were voted best unsigned band in New York. It was either like 89 or 1990. And, um, you know, they went through periods where they had downtime, they weren't together. But now they get together at least once a year, usually two or three times a year for special events, and BlindFest is one of them. And as a matter of fact, their front man, Chuck Bruin is one of the guys that helped us found uh, BlindFest. He's the guy that actually encouraged me to put the first BlindFest on, and we, we organized it within the first 10 days, or within 10 days of coming up with the idea. Um, we have Sherry Dahl. She's a singer-songwriter. She was out of Connecticut, although I believe she's a native New Yorker. Uh, She was actually a fill-in a couple of years ago when somebody uh, pulled up lame at the last minute. And um, we loved her so much, we just keep inviting her back. Um, Nuns and Posers are another great uh, rock and roll group. Um, John Rarick was with a band called Kaplama Chunk, another Hudson Valley band that had an insane following back in the 80s, early 90s. And uh, John and the guys uh, bring that band. Um, This is, I think, the second or third year in a row that we've had them, and and so far, no complaints. Uh, They really rock it. Uh, The guests are an incredible trio that do uh, three-part harmony, and they do some incredible acoustic uh, rock and uh, holiday uh, tunes. And uh, Hannah, who is the female voice in The Guests, she's actually uh, Bobby and Diana Steele's daughter. Uh, just a, a real, real talented singer-songwriter. Uh, Sophia McGlue is another uh, uh, talented singer-songwriter. She's another last-minute addition to one of our past BlankFests, and with BlankFest, once you're in, you're in. You know, um, we, you know we, we love having her back. Uh, she's a real thrill to see. Ross Byron, I've known Ross for well over 20 years. He used to have a cable program on the Manhattan News Network uh, in, in New York City and uh, he uh, he's, he's done session work for a lot of musicians, and he's brought his band. This is, uh, I believe, his second year playing with us. Uh, Tim O'Donoghue uh, is a kind of a, a roots rock and roller who uh, was on the same label as Joe Durso, and uh, you, you're not from Nyack, so you wouldn't know, but the O'Donoghue family was one of the preeminent families in Nyack in the, uh, the restaurant business. Uh, there was a, a pub called O'Donoghue's, which was like a central meeting place for everybody who grew up and went to Nyack High School, and uh, Tim is a cousin to that branch of the O'Donoghue family. But um, it's not just the family connection; it's the fact that he's a brilliant musician, and we're, we're happy to have him there. Uh, another uh, musician is Donald Savasnik; he's out of New York City, and I met him through a group of musicians, and I, I am very fortunate to know. He always, uh, to me, he's got a real Lou Reed kind of sound to him. I just. Love his original music, and he's actually going to be opening the show at noontime. So we have some real heavy hitters going early on. We have Count of Nine. They've got this incredibly uh, quirky sound that's keyboard-driven. So entertaining, it's not even funny. Great originals, and when they do do an occasional cover tune, they put such an original twist on it that it's almost like they've made the song their own. Hmm. Uh, Michael G. Potter... Um, he entertains all the time, all over New York City. He does a lot of recording and video work. Uh, true story. One time, I was on Facebook and I see a live stream from him. He's playing live. It's Michael Moore, who's hanging out in Central Park. Uh, thought enough of, of of Michael G. Michael G. Potter to actually film him with his iCam and put it on his own personal page, his own Twitter page. And then finally, one of the organizers of of um, One of the guys that helps me with the equipment every year. Um, He's also a promoter that I've worked with on several occasions. His name is David Tanner. David started life as a musician like 50 years ago. Uh, He doesn't really entertain as much anymore, but he's got a guitar that was given to him by a friend of his who had passed away, unfortunately, a few years ago. And uh, David plays his best friend's guitar, and he does these really thoughtful emotive songs about his friend Jesse, and also about uh, helping the less fortunate. And uh, I consider us very, very fortunate to have David as a very, very special guest. Um, that's about it. We, you know, Well, also, there is um, Ms. Yvonne Sotomayor, a woman that I admire greatly and love even more, because she's my wife. Um, she's a, uh, a, a, an international touring bilingual poet who's done her uh, poetry in 27 U.S. states and abroad, and uh, she's been published. She's played the New York, uh, the Iowa State Fair, the Kentucky State Fair twice, and the Jimmy Carter Presidential Library. And so, anytime I can get my my uh, my beloved on stage to do a, a few readings, uh, I always consider that a plus. And then, of course, there's the Baghdadios. We mop it up.
1: So that sounds like an amazing event. I mean, it it sounds like so much fun. I see someone sent me a flyer here. And it's at the Hudson House um, in Nyack, right?
2: Yep. 134 Main Street, right there in the middle of, of Main Street, USA. Mm-hmm. You can't get any more any more, uh, U.S. small suburban town than Nyack. Uh, it's, it's, it's got everything. It, growing up there, I was actually very proud of it because it was a, a, a cultured area. Um, it was also a great synthesis of, of cultures. And uh, nationalities, ethnicities. Um, to me, I when I lived in New York City, it was not that big of an adjustment because it was just a, a bigger scale version of Nyack, really.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so it's December 17th, Sunday, December 17th, noon till midnight, the Hudson House, yep. 134 mm-hmm. Main Street, Nyack, New York. And if you want to call the Hudson House, I have a phone number here, 845 845- three five three one three five five. I'm sure they have a lot of wonderful things all year long. And it's always good to to look at the people who are doing good work and support them all year long. Why not? Um, do you have a place where people can go to get your music, the Baghdadios?
2: You know what? Um we're hardly in the. We're hardly in the uh, witness protection program. In other words, if you look us up, we're out there. Uh, we're all over YouTube. We probably give away more than we sell, and mm-hmm. that's fine by me. Uh, my feeling is, you do what you love, and uh, you know, if, if it's meant to be, you'll make something out of it. And if you don't, well, that's why we all went to school, got degrees, and got jobs. Um, but yeah, YouTube. You can put in Baghdadios. The, the biggest. Um, Impedant to anybody looking us up is that two things actually. First of all, we spell it like Baghdad, the city B A G H D A D D I O S. Um, I was not a marketing major. If I had, I would have named (laughs) something simpler like Bob or something. You know, Mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, Bagdadios. That's the one impediment that like it's not an easy name. It's also. Most people, uh, kudos to you for pronouncing it correctly. Most people stumble over it. Uh, Bagadios. Uh, <laughs> we've been, re- believe me, we've gotten every uh, pronunciation under the sun. But even more so, there's a great band. They're out of Scotland. They're called the Bagdaddies. So if you type Bagadios into your browser on YouTube or in a Google search, many times the autocorrect will change it to Bagdaddies. And you'll get this really cool group out of Scotland that we have nothing to do with.
1: Yeah, That's but but it might be fun to listen to. Um, so it's oh, B-A-G-H-D-A-D-D-I-O-S, and for those of right. you who want to find out more, you can go to the website, which is blankfest.org, and um, if you want to email ken it's surf vietnam at hotmail.com and i i just think it's a wonderful inspiration because you know you're a professional in your life you're a musician with your heart and your spirit but you have woven all of this into um, public service and being able to help someone less fortunate and it's a model for all of us. So I'm, I'm very inspired by you. And it's been a lot of fun talking to you. But I realize we're running out of time. And I wanted to play one of the poetry. So should I play I Am?
2: You know what? That is probably uh, Evie's uh, most uplifting um, piece. So, yeah, give it a shot. It's, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. Let me just give, give a little bit of background. First of all, my wife goes by her uh, birth name, which is Yvonne with a Y, Y V O N N E. Sotomayor, Mayor, like the Supreme Court Justice, S O T O M A Y O R. As a matter of fact, she's a distant cousin. Um, uh, and uh, if you just do a search on her name in YouTube, her, her uh, poetry videos come up. Uh, she's also a presence on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, etc. Uh, the usual suspects. But uh, she does her uh, poetry first in English, which is you know the language she grew up with but she also does it in her parents' language because both of her parents were from Peru, and uh, she does uh, the uh, the poetry. It's basically just uh, a repeat of what she said in English, but in Spanish, and it's backed by music.
1: Lovely. So let's play this now.
2: You betcha.
3: Without force or calm. Without beast or burden. Without smile or laughter. I am. Without fault or blame. Without wins or loss. Without hearth or home. I am. Without coin or dollar. Without strength or joy. I am. Without fear or worry without anger or bliss. I am without you or me, without subtlety, without shame or pain. I am without loneliness or hurt, without blood or tears. I am. I am. I am. la calma, sin man, without a sin sonrisa a risa without a sin culpa a body, sin ganancias o without a hogar o casa yo without a moneda o dólar sin without a la, la alegría. Yo soy sin temor o without a Sin enojo la felicidad, yo soy. Sin ti o mí. Sin sutileza. Sin vergüenza dolor. Yo soy. Sin soledad o dolor. Sin sangre ni lágrimas. Yo, yo soy.
1: Yo soy. Yo soy. And that was. The lovely piece of poetry that was quite an inspiration, but we are plum out of time. I want to thank you so much for joining me today. It's been great. And for people who want to attend Blank Fest, it's December 17th, noon to midnight at the Hudson House in Nyack, New York, 134 Main Street. And you can go to the website BlankFest.org for more information. Thank you, Ken, very much for uh, being with us here thank today
2: you, mm-hmm. i uh, really really appreciate you shining a little light on the uh on the cause and you have a wonderful wonderful safe and happy holiday
1: thank you and you take care bye for now